0: Take your Bible, please. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And uh, we will be preaching on the the, uh, concluding remarks of Paul uh, to the church there. Uh, While you're turning there, Philippians 4, after service, that table will be uh, manned by Lee Lincoln, who will be talking about the instant church directory. I want to ask any leaders in the church that are here... Uh, anyone involved in any ministry to make sure you see him because we want to get little pictures to put on that uh, that app. So uh, I really want to try to push this to get it flowing so we can enhance our communication. But uh, after church, Lee will be over there. So, okay. Philippians chapter 4 and uh, starting at verse number 20. Hallelujah. Well, can I just say something before we do this? Uh, did Jacob go downstairs? He did. I, I can remember when Jacob was that age. And uh, we, at the time, we used to sing. Liz, you remember. Children are a blessing of the Lord. We sang that for 10 years every Sunday. Jacob grew up with that song. I'm just saying, something can be said about bringing your kids to church when they're young. And to have them be around the people of God. Be around people of faith. And... uh I just want to encourage you to keep praying for our kids in the church. And um, now pray for Jacob's kids, too. He's got two. Right? Caleb and Nathan, right? Okay. Wow, it's amazing. All right. So Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse number 20. Now to Oh, can we stand together? (laughs) And you all thought I forgot, which I did, but I didn't want to say anything. 420, now to to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Father, thank you for this passage. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the thoughts you put on my heart. And I ask you now, Lord, help me to preach this the way you want. Lord, be glorified in the preaching of your word today. Be honored. Be blessed. And may your people be better for it as well. We pray your blessing over the live stream and over the, uh, the social media that will view this later. Use it all for your glory and for your purposes. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Well, I want to talk to you about a topic. The topic is respect. I've entitled this sermon, Respect, uh, based on these uh, these three, four verses. Uh, now, we started this preaching through Philippians on March the 5th. So we've been at this for about five and a half months. Had a few Sundays where other things were happening, but basically every Sunday we were here talking about it. And this is the final message of, of this epistle. Um, and it's... Regarding Paul's concluding remarks. Uh, let me just give you a quick summation of the, of the uh, preaching that we've been through. This is by no means uh, exhaustive, but um, just chapter by chapter. If, if you go back to chapter one, um, the first chapter, we saw that Paul was very thankful for his relationship with the church of Philippi. Chapter one, verse three, it says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you Always in every prayer of mine, uh, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he who started a good work in you is faithful to complete that work until the day of Jesus Christ. What, what a great way to address a congregation. I'm thankful for you. I pray for you with joy, not with, you know, whatever, but I pray with, for you with joy in my heart. Then chapter 2, uh, we, looked at, we looked at that. Uh, the first couple of verses have to do with, um, with uh, being humble and, and ministering to one another. But really, in verses 5 through 7, Paul is using the life of Christ as our example. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who humbled himself and left glory to come to earth and live among us and give his life for our ransom for us. And so he's saying that's how we should approach our faith and our, our approach our Christianity. It's others oriented. Chapter three, uh, we looked at, uh, at that chapter. At verses seven, eight and ten uh, go like this. What things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ, in verse number 10, that I may know Him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. And we talked about the cost of discipleship. If we really want to know God and serve God, we've got to give up all of our rights give up all that we are, and surrender everything to his lordship. It's then that we will flourish as Christian people. And then chapter 4, um, Paul is encouraging peace. Verse number 3 Um He's saying here, I urge you, help these women be at peace with each other. You know, something very practical. Uh, Verse number seven, he says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind. This is a peace that helps us with life in general, the peace of God. And then verse number 19, that uh, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Peace regarding God's provision for us. So this has been a very, uh, I think, a very powerful uh, preaching series, a very good study of the Word of God. I want to commend you all for being attentive to it. I I do check on the Facebook uh, post and uh, and the YouTube uh, page as well to see how many people are watching. And uh, I I have to say, it's been picking up uh, views, uh, so I'm very thankful for that. So today we're talking about... topic of respect. I want to go verse by verse like we do, and then I want to give some application of some areas that we need to show respect in based on these verses. So starting with verse number 20, Paul says, now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is always our mandate, always our purpose to give God the glory some translations say our God and Father. Some say to God, our Father. Uh, but really what it means is give glory to God. Be glory unto God. When Jesus taught in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, he's saying, he's saying our Father God, you know, blessed are you, hallowed be your name. Um, this verse number 20 is actually what you would call a doxology, a short hymn of praise at the conclusion of a poem or a letter or a song. And uh, the New Testament scriptures are really loaded with doxologies. I was thinking as I was studying for this, one day I should probably preach a message on all the doxologies in the Word of God because they're really enlightening. Romans 16, 27, uh, it says, To God alone, to God alone wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. Galatians 1, 5 says, uh, God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Ephesians 3.21 says, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 1 Timothy 1.17 says, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 2 Timothy 4.18 says, In him be glory forever and ever. Amen. I just find something interesting, though, between verses 19 and verse 20. Verse 19, if you look back in chapter 4, Paul is saying, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Meaning his riches in heaven, his bountiful supply, his glory will come upon you and, and give you all that you need to make it through this life. Whereas in verse number 20, he's saying, Now we give him the glory. To him be the glory and the honor. This is a theme throughout the New Testament, really throughout the whole Bible. Glory meaning, by the way, praise and honor and respect and blessing be to our God. That's why the word that came forward earlier, the tongue and the interpretation, had to do with honoring and worshiping God. I thought, yes, that's what I'm preaching on today a little bit, part of my message. 1 Corinthians 10 31 says, whether we're eating or drinking, whatever we do, do it all for the glory of God or for the praise of God. Jesus taught about it in Matthew 5, 16. He said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. He said in John 21, 19, I'm sorry, John 15, 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear good fruit in your lives. In John 21, 19, he was speaking to Peter, regarding the type of death he was going to suffer. And he said to Peter, uh, this death, this crucifixion by which you will glorify God, even in death we can glorify God. So verse number 20, just simply, Paul is making sure that all praise, all honor, all glory, all respect goes to our Lord, not to him and not to anybody else. This is something the church must always remember. We must be about this. The recognition goes to God, not to the church, not to the pastor, not to the worship team, not to anybody else in the church. The the worship and praise always goes to God. He is to be glorified. That's been my prayer for many, many years. Lord God, be glorified in this church. It's not about any one of us in particular. It's about God being honored and respected. I'm praying, Lord, be honored in the church Be honored throughout the Christian churches. Be honored in our community, Lord. Just be blessed. Be honored. Let let the people of God especially reach out and give you the glory and the honor and the praise. So he says, okay, uh, now to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. There's always a sense of eternity when we talk about the things of God. Sometimes we forget that. We think that now is the most important thing in our life. When really the most important thing in our life is not now, but what happens after now. There's always eternity attached to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But forever and ever, we serve an eternal God with an eternal purpose, and we have an eternal salvation. And then he says, Amen. And in true pastoral form, this is the first of two amens that he's concluding his letter with. But anyway, by saying amen, he's saying, let it be. So be it. I'm affirming this is the truth. So let God, our our Father, be glorified forever and ever. What a great theme for any church. And he, like I said, Paul would say similar doxologies in most of his epistles. But this is a word for the church. Let's let God be glorified. Let's let the Lord have his way with us. And we give him thanks and we give him praise. Hallelujah. Now, verse number 21. He's going from, you know, give glory to God the Father, saying, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you as well. So he's saying, greet the saints the brethren recognize you. Say hello to you. So greet everyone for me. There's, there's some epistles where Paul actually names the people. Here he's saying greet everybody. Uh, and he says um, greet the saints. Meaning in the Greek hagios. The, the consecrated of God. The redeemed. Those that are set apart. Those that have been made holy by the blood of Jesus Christ. So greet the saints. As though the saints have a special place within everybody's heart and everybody's life. And you know what? It's absolutely true. We should hold a special place in each other's hearts as we sojourn here on this earth. In the book of Acts, we read things like greet the the saints of Lydda. Greet the saints that are in prison. Uh, Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. Uh, In Ephesians, Paul wrote... Uh, let the pastors and teachers uh, teach and equip the saints for the work of ministry. The saints are not what we would typically hear from the Roman Catholic Church, which, which canonizes certain people after they're dead. Biblically, a saint is, is a living servant of the Most High God. In fact, in Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul writes to the saints that are in Philippi. And now he's greeting all the saints as he concludes the epistle. So, uh, greet all the saints, uh, every saint in Christ. Uh, the brethren who are with me greet you. Um, so some of the saints, Oh, let's see, uh, some of the saints that are there in Philippi would include Epaphroditus, if you follow the story. Uh, one of the saints that's with, Timoth- with, with Paul would be Timothy, that's visiting him in Rome where, where he's in prison. But uh, let there be a camaraderie among the saints. In verse number 22, he says, all the saints greet you. And I thought about that. What does he mean by that? He's in Rome. Well, there was a church in Rome. And there were other people, probably prisoners, that were with Paul that were, you know, serving the Lord, too. But all the saints in Rome greet you, whether they're from the church or in prison, from the area. But then he says something a little bit unusual. He says, especially those who are of the the, uh, household of Caesar, so the household of Caesar. This is interesting. Um, uh, Nero was the leader, was the was the uh, ruler at that time. He was a wicked, wicked man. I think it's interesting that in his household, people got saved and are worshiping God. Something can be said about the gospel penetrating every sphere of the of the culture. But we see this type of thing, really, uh, in other places as well. In the book of Acts, we see uh, Paul uh, writing, or Luke writing, rather, uh, about Lydia and her household coming to faith, about Cornelius and his household coming to faith, about the Philippian jailer coming to faith, all being baptized. And then in Jesus' time, we see in Luke chapter 8, there was a woman by the name of Joanna, who was a follower of Christ, the wife of Chuza, who was the steward or manager of Herod's household. So even in that higher echelon, there were people you know, getting saved and serving the Lord. In Acts chapter 13, there's a man listed by the name of Menem, uh, who was brought up with Herod, uh, who came to faith in Jesus. So all that to say that the gospel penetrates government you know, right now, there's people in our government that are Christian people. There's right now people in prisons, nursing homes, people that are homeless, people that are in drug issues, having drug issues. There's the, the gospel has penetrated. Even the youth culture and the elderly culture, the gospel has penetrated all different spheres of life. And then verse number 23, he gives the, what I would call the final conclusion. He says, uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Uh, if you were one of the brothers on our Zoom meeting on Thursday night, uh, Bill Larios brought forth a message about God's grace. And there were probably 13 or 14 guys on there uh, just kind of reveling in the idea that God's grace is sufficient for us. Unmerited favor, his forgiveness of sins, his empowerment to continue, his knowledge, that, the knowledge within our heart that we're not alone um, You know, God's grace is always the bottom line of where we are with God. In fact, in Philippians 1-2, Paul says, grace be with you. And now with the conclusion, he's saying the very last verse, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And that's how we should live our lives, church. We start with grace and we end with grace. I want to end the race, running the race in grace. I don't want to get too far ahead, drop too behind. I want to just stay in the grace of God. Do you know why? Because I need God's grace, don't you? Unmerited favor, unmerited blessing. Who are we to receive anything from God? He does that because, simply because he loves us. It's his nature to love us. So when you first came to the Lord, there was grace involved. When I came to the Lord, there was a lot of grace involved. Jesus loved me. People loved me. I felt it. I I knew something was going on. And every day since then, I get up in the morning thanking God for the grace of God, the mercy of God that's new every single morning. And that grace of God will keep us going day after day, year after year, until the time when it's our time to meet our Lord for all of eternity. So... Really not a, a whole lot there, but uh those those couple of verses have some substantial meaning to that. When I read it uh this week I, I was thinking, okay, Lord, I wanna I wanna conclude this series of messages in a good way. I want it to be strong and powerful. And then I read this, I said, Lord, I don't know about these verses. Give me something here, Lord. So the Lord dropped in my heart the word respect. Respect. And um respect is a, a word we all kind of deal with everyone wants respect Um, everyone should give respect where respect is due Um, but I think there's four things to think about uh, in this passage regarding respect so let's delve in and want to preach on these four things the first area of respect would be to respect God you may say yeah of course well wait a minute not so fast Verse number 20, now to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. We respect God by giving him honor and praise and worship, the worship that he deserves. God is not respected when people take his name in vain, as though his name were meaningless. Or worse, use his name as a curse word. We were singing a song this morning. Uh, What a beautiful name it is. I I kept thinking how many times we're saying, blessed be your name. We sing a song, um, uh, there's no other name, or your great name, or all hail the power of Jesus' name. There's a lot of uh, songs and verses that talk about the name and the power of the Lord. So we, we respect him when we honor his person. And we respect him when we're obedient to the word of God. Turn with me to uh, Psalm 113. First couple of verses here. I just want to read this as we get going. Psalm 113, uh, verses 1, 2, and 3. It says, praise the Lord, with an exclamation point. Praise the Lord. Psalm 113, verse number 1. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. That means every day we wake up, every day that we have breath, another psalm says, let everything that has breath give praise to the Lord. We honor him. We respect him by giving him praise. And, I will say this. It's not only the song that we sing. It's not only the style that we worship. It's our lifestyle that we live that gives God the glory and the praise. I thought about some Psalms. Psalm 34, 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name forever. I always picture someone starting a worship service like that. Come on, everybody. Let's exalt his name and and exalt his name forever. Let's, Let's lift up the name of Jesus Psalm 54, in verse 6, it says, I will praise your, na- your name, uh, for it is good to give you praise. Psalm 103, in verse 1, which I started the service with, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm one sixteen seventeen 17 says, I will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and I will call upon the name of the Lord. You know, just calling upon the name of the Lord is a way to honor him and to bless him. I encourage you when you get up in the morning or when you go to bed at night, whatever, give honor and praise to the name of the Lord. Welcome the name of the Lord in your life. But then the question would be asked you know, what does the word say? What is his name? What is, his, what is his name? I mean, well, his name is great. His name is glorious. His name is everlasting. His name is exalted. His name is holy. But what is his name? And I'm not going to ask you to write all these down. I'm just going to say them. If you want to write them down, listen to the video later and write them down. But I'm going to go quickly. His name is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that will provide for you. Jehovah Jireh. We give glory to God by recognizing he's my provision. He's Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Juanita, God bless you. You know Jehovah Rapha because God healed you and is continuing to heal you. He's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, his covering over us. He is Jehovah Mekadesh, the Lord who makes holy. He's the Lord who takes our lives that were so immoral and ungodly and makes us now holy. Praise God. He's Jehovah Shalom the God of peace. He's Jehovah Elohim, the Lord God. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. He's Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd. Jehovah Shannak, the Lord who is there. He's Jehovah, uh, Jehovah uh, Sabbath, the Lord of hosts. I love that one, the Lord of hosts. Jesus is called the Lord of hosts. What does that mean? All the angelic beings. Jesus is the first one. He's in charge of the whole shooting match. He's the Lord of hosts. He fights in spiritual battles for us. That's his glorious name. Amen. The word says that the name of the Lord is El Elyon, the Most High. It is El Roy, the God that sees. He is El Olam, the everlasting God. He's El Gibhor, the mighty God. If we go to the New Testament, we read about the birth of our Savior. There's the, 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 his, name, his name will be called, you know, Mighty One, Everlasting Father, Wonderful Prince of Peace. But his name will be called Jesus. Acts chapter 4 says, there's no other name under heaven by which man must be saved but the name of Jesus. So I just want to bring this out. When Paul concludes that message uh, in Philippians 4, verse 20, Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. We can give respect to God by honoring His name and the person of the Lord that we serve. We don't take Him lightly. We take Him seriously. We don't talk frivolously about Him. We talk with respect about Him and to Him. We show respect by getting up early in the morning and spending time with Him. We show respect by going to bed at night with thoughts of Christ and the Word of God in our hearts. We show respect very first thing in the morning. We wake up. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for another day. I'm giving you praise and glory and honor today. I don't know what the day is going to bring, but I'm going to call upon your name. That is respect. And that's what the Lord is calling us to do. to Respect the Lord. Hallelujah. Honor God. Praise Him. Worship Him always. Sing a song, even if you can't sing. <laughs> Clap your hands, whatever. Jump around. Do a dance before God. But let your light shine and let your life give glory to your Father in heaven. How you work, how you, how you function on your job. That's a whole other thing. But how you function, how, you, how we do our job in the secular world is very important. God is watching. We give him glory when we do well. We give him glory and praise when we are honest at work. We don't lie, we don't cheat, we don't, you know, whatever. We don't get involved with things. Our lifestyle gives him glory and gives him praise. So respect, respect God. Here's number two, verse number 21. Anyone want to guess what number two is? Maybe put it up on the, respect the saints. Greet one another, brethren. The brethren here greet you. Respect other Christians. Respect the saints of God. We'll get to 1 John 3 in a minute. Respect the ones that are set apart, that are sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Respect our brothers and sisters in Christ. Respect the saints. Let me give you three references to think about. You could jot these passages down, these references. 1 Corinthians twelve 13. They're all similar. By one spirit, we're baptized into one body, Jew, Greek, slave or free, made to drink into one spirit. So wherever you're from, whatever lifestyle you came from, we're all one in Christ. We need to respect each other. Galatians 3.28 says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.11 says, whether Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, Christ is all and in all. So the word today is church, respect the saints of God. They may be different than you. They may look different, act different, think different. Yet they're sanctified by the same blood of Christ that you're sanctified by. Let me give you some things to think about. Respect the saints in our local church. Right here, we have a hodgepodge of people. We have different age groups, different cultures, different races, different nationalities, different backgrounds, different uh, birth locations. But respect the diversity and honor the the diversity in our own fellowship. Um, I would say to respect the Christians outside of New Life Christian Assembly of God. We're not the only Christians in town. And then here's a challenge for you. Respect those outside of the Pentecostal church. Oh, I hear this all the time. Listen, my Baptist brother down the street is down the street is just as saved as you and I are. He may not speak in tongues, but that's not a prerequisite for salvation in the Bible I read. But they love God, the evangelicals, the the non-denominational. Embrace those dear Christians. What about in the mainline churches? Now I'm probably stepping on some tolls, but you know what? There's a remnant everywhere. There's a remnant in the Catholic church. There's a remnant in the Methodist church. There's a remnant in the Presbyterian church. There's a remnant everywhere. So we would do well to respect the people of God that have gotten saved and are, have been delivered and truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Always a remnant. And he says to greet one another. See verse 21, greet one another. There's something about a greeting. A greeting is how we recognize the value and and the the worth of somebody. Let me tell you how that works. If you're not recognized when you go somewhere, you probably will feel a little bit funny or disrespected, a little bit odd, because no one recognizes that you're in the room. (laughs) But if you're recognized, you feel loved and accepted. And so this is... This is something that the, you know, the Lord is, is saying to the church, respect each other, greet each other. Now, in some places, you have to tell people, calm down in the greeting, okay? Don't give everyone kisses all over the place. I knew a lady once, she wanted to kiss me on the lips. And she did once or twice. And I, when I first got, I said, Pam, she's kissing me on the lips. She goes, well, she, can't, she can't do that. I said, I know, but she did. But that's what she did. She kissed everybody on the lips, I think it was their culture. I changed my culture real quick after that. Greetings. (laughs) Good to see you. But you know, a greeting, but you know, better that than someone that sees you and doesn't see you. I've been in that scenario. I walk in somewhere, everyone's happy, Christians everywhere. I know they see me, but they don't see me. It's like, what happened? I turned invisible here? There's something about a greeting. That's very real and very... I wouldn't be in here if it wasn't important. Greet one another. So 1, one John 3.3. 3, let, let you could turn there with me. 1 John uh, 3.23. 1 John 3.23. This kind of summarizes what we're saying. This is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Remember in John 14? A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, now you love one another. And and, and all will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. See, the church is where prejudice should end. The church is where racial, cultural differences should not matter, but where harmony begins. We embrace the differences. We cherish the differences. But those differences don't separate us. They join us together. So respect. Respect the saints of God. And and let me just put a little footnote in here. If someone doesn't look too happy one day, respect the fact that maybe they're going through something. It's not about you. You know, don't take it personal. It could be somebody having a bad day. Anyone ever have a bad day besides me? Just, you know, you have a bad day. You know, leave me alone. It's not about you. I'm just, let me have my bad day. But, you know, give somebody a little bit of grace. Love them. Just pat them on the back and say, I'm praying for you, brother. It's going to be all right. I've, I've done that. To, I wouldn't even say anything. I'm just going to say, you know what? It's going to be all right. And they just kind of beam like, He knows what I'm feeling. Yeah, I, I, I can see it. It's written all over you. But anyway, respect the saints. Okay, number three would be this verse number 22. Uh, let me get back here Philippians 4 22. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. I just think it's interesting that that little part is in there. I call this, have respect for what I would call focus groups. Like a little group within the group. Like within the body of Christ, there's this focus group called Caesar's household. Ruler of the Roman Empire, he's a political figure, he's an important person. The gospel penetrated his home and his his, uh, his dwelling place and uh, his living quarters. And there's probably Jews and Gentiles that are involved with this is a big operation. So there's probably servants and slaves, um, people working there, maybe some family members, not really sure. But it's a unique group of believers that Paul is singling out, especially those who are of Caesar's household. It makes me think, did this Philippian church have something to do with them Like, did they know each other? Did they maybe give them a special offering or are they praying for them? Or maybe some of those people left Rome and came to Philippi to live. Maybe there's a connection. But in any case, uh, uh, it's a it's a a focus group. And I and I think there are special groups within Christianity that we need to single out sometimes. For instance, and this is just like, you know, what the Lord placed on my heart, single parenting. That's a whole nother world single parents single adults the teenagers thank the lord there's a class today for our teenagers the divorced the widowed the millennials the boomers and everybody in between those that are confined to a nursing home or a hospital or a prison or the or the those that are in college you know when our youngest daughter went to college several years ago i'd been out of the college loop for a long time i never realized how dark college campuses are in America. They are dark and they are scary. In fact, the Assemblies of God has missionaries that go to college campuses. It's called Chi Alpha Ministry. And they try to preach the gospel on these college campuses. But, but there we have, you know, focus groups that we can really focus on and really bless somehow. Those missionaries are a focus group. We want to bless them and honor them and support them with our prayers and with our finances. Let me give you some references here here. James 127. James write, Pure and undefiled religion is this that you visit orphans and take care of the widows and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Look at Philippians chapter two. Just turn back a page. Verse the end of verse number three. It says, let, let each person esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. We see this reflected in, let's say, Acts chapter 6. When those uh, Hellenistic women who were saved people, they spoke Greek, they were feeling ostracized because they weren't being given the food di- distribution. And so the leaders said, you know, get some guys together and, and take care of their need. But bring them in. That's a special focus group. We see in Acts 13, and we will not have time to go there, but in Acts 13 we see a, a picture of the church of Antioch. I can't help but think that, that this is in the Bible for us to learn from. But there are all these different prophets and teachers involved. And they were also very different. I can't help but think that they each had like a, a little bit of an input in reaching their own people. For instance, Barnabas was a Jewish believer. He probably had a little portfolio of you know, ministering to Jewish Christians. Simeon, it says he was dark-skinned. He probably ministered to that segment. Lucius was a Greek-speaking person from North Africa, from Cyrene. Minoan was a Gentile that was raised up with Herod. He probably had his own little ministry. Saul was a, was a prestigious Jew who came to faith. But here they are all working together, respecting each other, and doing something special uh, for the Lord. So I would say whatever we can do to help these uh, focus groups, we've got to help the homeless people in town. We've got to help those that are in prison or getting out of prison. We have to help the drug addicted. There's so many different avenues that we could help people, but we need to respect these people that are maybe on the fringe. And we need to respect ministries like, for instance, Leaving the Streets Ministry that focuses on the teenagers of our community, primarily gang members, but not exclusively. We need to to support common ground ministries that deals with homeless people. Um, New Brothers Fellowship deals with inmates and those coming out of the prison. Uh, Somebody Cares New England, dealing with people that are just poor and needy. They give out food. They, they, They provide a lot of services. But these are all little focus groups. We need to respect these focus groups and these ministries that are reaching out to them. And then finally, the last thing here, we see in verse number 23. It says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. I said it earlier, that he started with, uh, may the grace of God be with you in chapter 1, verse 2, I think it is. And now he's closing with the same thing, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I want to look at two scriptures, and then we're going to wrap this up, but... 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. I want you to read this. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Paul writes to Timothy, his understudy. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you something, church? Grace is not a free pass to do whatever you want to do. By the grace of God, we can be strong. We can obey. We can put God first in every aspect of our lives. But Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The next time you're tempted or the next time an opportunity presents itself where you can go this way or that way, let the grace of God remind you you're saved by grace. Don't blow it down. You're saved by the blood of Christ. Don't do something to to mar what Christ has started in your life. Which brings us to Romans chapter 6. Verses 1 and 2. If you don't know this, you should memorize it. Romans 6, 1 and 2. Paul writes to the church here. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Oh yeah, he'll forgive me. It's okay if I do this or that or whatever. God will forgive me. He will forgive you. But you know what? After a while, that kind of routine is going to get old. And God may let you reap what you're sowing through that sin or that sinful situation. Uh, shall Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Other translations say no. I think one translation says no. God forbid. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? And he goes on to talk about how we've been baptized in Christ. We're a new creation. So we don't abuse grace by sinning. We use grace to be strong so that we don't sin anymore. But uh, so Paul concludes in Philippians 4 23. uh, 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 May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. I would say this way uh, respect grace, receive grace, stay in grace. And you know what else? Give some grace away to somebody else. You know, you've got a lot of grace. Give it away to somebody else. It's like forgiveness. You know, uh, the Lord says, if you've been forgiven a lot, you don't forgive other people. The same way you forgive others is the way God will forgive you. In a similar way, the same way we give grace to others, the same way God will bless us with his grace. So, in conclusion, why don't we stand together for this in conclusion? Uh, the word is Respect. Wasn't there a comedian some years ago that said, I get no respect? Who was it? Oh, Rodney Dangerfield. Is that right? I get no respect. That, That became very popular. That should not be popular in the church. It's fun. I mean, you know, but let's respect each other. Let's respect God. Let's respect the Christians down the street. And let's respect the grace of God. That God is here in the first place. So, well, i just summarize it. Respect God, respect the saints, respect the focus groups, and respect God's grace. So I'm going to read from Philippians 1 and ask you to re- read along with me here. Philippians 1.3 and Philippians 1.6. We put them all together. So, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. Let's read it again. Verses 3 and 6. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me read verses 3. You don't have verse 4. I'm going to read verse 3 and 4. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, knowing that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Every head bowed for just a moment. Praise God. I wonder if there's someone here that parts of this message may have touched you in a certain way. Maybe there's something about uh, honoring God, respecting God, or respecting the saints of God, or respecting uh, certain groups within the body of Christ that maybe until now you've had nothing to do with. Or maybe just to respect grace. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to come up here at this time, but as I pray, let the Lord begin just to move in your heart in a special way. If anyone does need salvation, uh, please see me before you go home today. I'm going to go to the door to greet you, but let's pray right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're thankful that we could be in this place right here today, worshiping you, praying having fellowship with one another. Thank you for those that are on the live stream, Lord. Bless them today. But thank you for the word of God that we just shared. Thank you for Paul's letter to the Philippian church, which really is the Holy Ghost letter to all the churches. Help us, Lord, to apply these things that we talked about today to our lives and to our fellowship. Help us, Lord, to have the utmost respect for you, first of all. Forgive us, Lord, if we've ever taken your name in vain or used your name in, an, in another way, any other way other than to honor and praise and give you glory. Let us respect you, Lord. Help us to respect you even more. Help us to respect you in what we do with our lives, how, how we say what we say, uh, how we conduct ourselves at work or how we conduct ourselves with our families. Let our lives, Lord, be a praise unto you. Father, we pray that you would help us to respect one another, the saints of God. Lord, we may not understand each other. There's, sometimes there's no way to understand where someone's coming from. We've never been there. But Lord, help us to have a respect for the work that you're doing in our brothers and sisters' lives. And Lord, as your word says, uh, let, let your presence continue to change us from glory to glory, growing up together. And Lord, we want to pray also that you would help us to respect our missionaries, uh, those in town that have special focused ministries to the gangs or to the homeless or to the drug addicted. Um, we just pray, Lord, for all these ministries and all these special focused groups uh, that we would learn to appreciate them and respect them and even pray for them and even contribute financially to bless them. And we thank you for these opportunities. Lord, lastly, we pray that we would have a greater respect for your grace, that we would not abuse grace. Forgive us, Lord, when we have, but let us have a a keener appreciation for the grace of God. The grace of God comes through the blood of Christ. It was paid for on Calvary because you did what you did, Lord. We now can receive your grace. So, Lord, help us to respect that and to live our lives accordingly. And Father, I pray for anyone here today or anyone online that that needs to renew their commitment to you or to start a whole new life with you. I pray, Lord, before before they leave this building and before they sign off on the live stream that they would make a comment that I need someone to pray for me. I need Jesus today. So Lord, I give you thanks. I give you praise. I pray your blessing over the church. Here, as well as the live stream people, let us have a great rest of the day. Let us have a great prayer meeting tonight on the live stream. And this we pray in the wonderful name of the Lord God that we serve, Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap one more time. Hallelujah. Well, the altars are open. I'm going to go greet you over there. Pamela should be coming up from the teen class in just a minute. But have a great day. We love you.